Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome back, everyone, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number eight. I am your host, Joe Morata, and alongside me, as always, is Michael Quinn. How you doing today, Quinn? Wow, eight years of podcasting, Eight huh? years of podcasting. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving as November yeah. nears its end today. Yeah. We are here to talk to you, of course, about retro wrestling, things we remember, and some things we wish we didn't. We have over 40 years, Quinn, did you know this, of combined fandom. Plus the eight. Plus the eight. So yeah. it's 48 years. 48 years. Of combined fandom. We have to minus the years from our Scott Keith. That was minus 30 years. Yeah. Because it was at 78 and yeah, then so, it, yeah, it went down. Right. Yeah. So Quinn, where can people subscribe to us if they want to just hear that sweet retro wrestling talk? Well, I hear you can uh, subscribe to us over at iTunes. That's right. Google Play. Google Play. Stitcher. The Stitcher. Not MySpace. Oh, fuck. Never. Oh, man. I, I Are they out of business now? I don't know. No, they're still alive and kicking. They were alive, but I went to their website the other day, and it didn't look like it was for podcasts. No, it's uh, It didn't look like it was for people, it's either. It's for, for um, not very well-known bands, from what I understand. Right. We're not that, though. No, we're not. And, Quinn, I also understand we're on something called player.fm. Yeah. I mean, you keep telling me about this. I don't really <laughs> know what it is. I'm not sure what it is. I, I've never been. I don't endorse that. I didn't sign up for that. We'll take it, but we we'll didn't. We'll take it, but we're just saying we didn't. We're not give, liable for we this. We didn't give our consent. No, so we certainly did not. So if they give you not. viruses or something, I didn't do that. Virus I. Yeah, virus I. So at, Versailles. <laughs> Versailles. Yeah. If they give you the Treaty of Versailles, we're yeah. We can't hold us accountable. We didn't do that. No, we didn't. Uh, In the meantime, as you're listening to us, if you haven't followed us yet, why don't you go over to your Twitter there, the tweeter, if you will. Yeah, And type in at OVP Podcast. We're there. It's us. We're on it. And you can follow us. Yeah. And it'll be good because you can tweet at us that way and you can tell us things that maybe you remember or things you wish you didn't. Yeah. And we can talk about them. You can also actually go to our website. Yeah. And what is that, Quinn? OVPpodcast.feet.com. Uh, it's dot com, but oh, not foot. I'm looking Feet. for the f- dot foot extension, but we, we need to get that. Yeah, that would be good. Dot friends. Yeah, because that's the same domain Rick Flair's on. Rick Flair, <laughs> Rick Flair dot, dot feet. Yeah. <laughs> and you can also, of course, email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. So to start off our wrestling talk today, it's going to be a missed opportunity, and it's going to be coming from Mr. Michael Quinn. What do you got, Quinn? Well, um, I think you will agree on this one i always felt hey maybe you won't but i always felt that the big boss man in the wwe was a missed opportunity if you will (laughs) all right well first of all which version of the boss man are we talking about Big what? big SWAT team version from the no, late 90s. No, oh, not that one. Blue shirt. Blue shirt, like he looked like a police officer. The, first of all, that's one thing with him. It, everyone thinks he's a police officer, but he, he works wasn't. at a prison. Right. It's not that. He was, He didn't like go around arresting people when he was in prison. Yeah. Because they were already arrested. They're, they're acting like I... Like well, we'll, was, get, we'll get to the, okay. the, the cop versus cop thing later. Okay, but, fine. Okay, so here's my problem with the boss man. Is is that... He's actually kind of a talented guy, and we got to see some glimpses of that in his WCW run. We got to see some glimpses of that in his WCW run, particularly in some big man matches big against man Vader. Matches. That was kind, of, and he was in the WWE or F at the time in the era of big men. He was. He was, of course, in uh, the Twin Towers, folks. He, right. He came in in the uh, summer of '88. Yeah. He had previously been in um in NWA and UWF before the Mid South. He was Big Bubba. Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah. So if you knew that name from the '90s, he was actually Big Bubba before then. Before Boss Man. Yeah. He was Jim Cornette's bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he came in as a heel. He his gimmick was basically that of like a crooked prison guard, or right. quote unquote cop, but he wasn't. You know. <laughs> right. So everyone thinks he's a cop. First of all, he was that, not a that, cop. That's one problem with this. Is and but the problem with that is that. They kind of kept portraying him as this cop. Yeah, they didn't do anything to help this. They didn't help. Not at all. Like, they would say corrections officer, but it was like... I don't know, he's got handcuffs and people are cheering for it. And they'd also go, like, you know, law and order and all that stuff. But whatever. So moving past that... So the... 
So I think the Twin Towers thing is okay. I like the Twin Towers. It's not bad. They're a good team. That's not the bad part. It's when he goes on his big face turn. Maybe okay. that's where I'm getting more specific so here. So th- that's about the, the early spring of 1990. He splits off from Akeem and Slick. Right, because like Teddy DiBiase tried to buy him buy off. his contract yeah. or something. Well, but I think he tried to bribe him to, to yeah. steal the million-dollar belt back from Jake Roberts something, is what it was. Something to that effect. And... I'll say that part starts out okay, right? Yeah, he was a that hot whole, face for a while. That whole thing at WrestleMania six, where like DiBiase's under the ring after his match and gets revenge on I the like boss that. man, and they further it. Yeah, that's good. But okay, so I believe he feuds with DiBiase for a little bit, but I don't remember anything really coming out of that. I don't either. So there's there's disappointment number one. They should have done like a, a, a nice blow off match there, maybe. Right? Saying. Maybe okay. at SummerSlam. Did they did they have a match at SummerSlam? No, DiBiase didn't even wrestle. Remember, he was just futzing around with Sapphire. Like, oh, I oh bought, yeah. I bought Sapphire. Yeah, like, yeah. Why would you buy that? Like, what was well, the point of well, that? Well, to get back at Dusty Rhodes. For, yeah, he was just trying to. He's remember, just he an doesn't. Asshole. Remember, he doesn't care about Sapphire. That's not the clearly point of doesn't it. care about yeah, Sapphire. He, he just cares about screwing over Dusty Rhodes That's true. because he's horrible. He's a terrible, evil, yeah. evil man. Yeah, with a slave. Right, exactly. So why wouldn't he just buy someone else to screw with the, yeah. the guy he doesn't like? Right. Back to the big bosom ba- man. Back to the big bosom man. Um, <laughs> the thing that I find the most disappointing about him is his time after this face turn. And specifically, his Mr. Perfect feud. You don't like that? I don't like it because he doesn't win. Mm. Oh, uh, he should win. You're right. I mean, like, if, if if they probably didn't have... Bret Hart waiting in the wings for for the IC title. That would have been a perfect time to get it onto the boss man. Yeah. Even if perhaps maybe let's say boss man wins it there, loses it, you know, three, four months later. That's a decent run for that time. Back to perfect and then perfect loses it to Bret Hart. But if you recall, he fights all Bobby's goons. Yeah, he works his way up. Right. He works his way up only to just not win the title. I think he like it's like a DQ. He wins by wins count out of or, DQ. It doesn't yeah. count. No, it doesn't count. That, that is a pretty good match though. No? You know what match actually is good right before that? The Rumble, the Barbarian Boss Man match is pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. Um I feel like Boss Man is just a little overexposed too at this time period. He was 91. wrestling guys that like Perfect was not the kind of guy I know Mr. Perfect's a great wrestler, but like Boss Man should be in big man matches. As we, yeah. as is evidenced later on, that was proven when he went back to WCW, and right. he was he was just the found bomb his niche there. Yeah, so Bossman then moved on to to after Perfect, he moved on to the Mountie. Yeah, the Mountie. Did okay. you like that? Or? Okay, that always I I have a soft spot for that, but it's not really because of the Bossman. The Mountie is the the primary funniness in that, not Bossman. He, he is hysterical at yeah. SummerSlam. He's ridiculous. Like the whole going to prison in, in New York City and yeah. like... He's you just, want the finger? You got the yeah, finger! <laughs> yeah. That whole thing. And, and, you know, like, I am the law! And, and yeah. they throw him into prison and there's like fake like transvestites and other <laughs> weird people like that are clearly just like wrestlers dressed yeah. up. That was fun. Yeah, that whole part's fun, but it's all because of the Mountie. Bossman just is there. He's like a means to the end. Like, right. he's not really, like, who gives a shit? Like, did anyone really think he was going to lose the Mountie? No, he was no. pretty over, though, in 91. Yeah, and that's the problem, is he's always over, but he never gets a title. He should have the Intercontinental title, like, in my opinion. I could see how they could have worked him in. I don't think that it would have, you know, made or broken the company either way. No, it's not about that, but it's it's about the fact that it's just you got this guy who's like after they ha- after like Brutus the Barber parasailed and you know broke his face or whatever happened to him. <laughs> like <laughs> after that happened, they needed a new like baby face of the Intercontinental Division. They needed a new face, that's yeah, right. <laughs> they they needed a, literally a new face. And the boss man was right there, but he only to just lose they to put Mr. It on, Perfect. On the Texas Tornado. The Texas Tornado, who, he's really only there because, you know, he's going to commit suicide if they don't give him the title. Stop. That, it's true. <laughs> what? What do you mean that's true? Remember? Remember? They said that on one of the DVDs. No, they didn't. They did. Who said they that? They weren't sure. Was it like Bruce Pritchard or something? One of them no, did. G- Gerald Briscoe. Do you, okay, seriously, like... Do you think that might there? There's probably a lot of truth to that because why the fuck is he the champion like immediately with no build? Because it was supposed to be Buffcake, but Br- Brutus Bif- Biffcake. Why was the Texas Tornado considered qualified? He nobody that even knew who the hell he was in WWF. I, I mean, I don't know that people knew who he was or not. Uh, I know that in World Class he was a huge deal, and that's probably the only place he was ever really a huge yeah, deal. Yeah, because his dad was booking him to the top. He was a big deal though. Yeah, but he wasn't. 
So I don't know. I just that that whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. It just seems like a pity like thing when you could just hand it off to the boss man. I think they did it more for themselves to get some kind of surprise title win out of it than they did for for Kerry Von Erich. Yeah, I mean he loses it pretty fast. Yeah, right? a few months later. Yeah, which uh, is fast back then. It is. Like, it it's is. not. If it was now, it'd be like the next week on Raw, but. So Bossman moved in from the uh, Mountie feud, then on to almost nothing for a while. Like that WrestleMania eight stuff, he was doing nothing. But then, of but course, also don't forget the time he had the hat. <laughs> no, the thing is, yeah, I'm just yeah. He never I, had the hat. It was Dusty Rhodes somehow when he was feuding with him found a hat and like, I got the big buff man hat <laughs> and his nightstick. And it's no, like, no, I'm talking about the the ball cap. The that he used cap. to wear to the ring that was, during that period in between. Don't bring up the ball cap. I think yeah. that was strictly to sell the merch. He's like the a catalog. sheriff now. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Anyway, okay, move on. Then yeah. we had the nails. Food. That's that's what I wanted to get to. That is just that's disappointing. Awful. Like they could have done if it was the Attitude Era, it would have been so much better. To me, for some reason, it, it almost reminds me like the way that feud is. I can't tell you why. There's just something that irks me about that to the point where it feels like the Kamala Undertaker feud in that it's meaningless. Yeah, the the Bossman Nails feud, you would think in theory it's a good idea because yeah. you got like this scorned ex-con. It's actual an actual backstory and for once they're not calling him a cop. They're calling him like a, a prison guard. Yeah. yeah, and he was he was supposedly abused Nails while Nails was in prison. Right. And Nails claimed he was innocent, he shouldn't have been there to begin with. Now, so, wait a second yeah. before we get too deep in this. Are we do you think nowadays like people would have more sympathy for nails than they would the big boss man? Like honestly, like yes. a guy saying that a prison guard beat him up yes. should make the prison guard the heel, not the yes. other way around. This was simpler times, and yeah. I think if they were ever to run something like that now, it would be a totally different story. Mm. Nor do I – I don't think they would run anything like this now anyway. No, they wouldn't. But That's too I'm just creative saying- for what they do now. Now it's all about <laughs> legacies and GMs and all this well, horse – poopy let's not get too deep into it but but that this feud was disappointing uh, yeah it was i felt like it never really pa- i think he just beats him that's he it he just beats him that's it there's and nothing really else to say it didn't help that nails was about as good a worker as the couch that you're sitting on well i mean nails sucked honestly sucked yes <laughs> but sucked. D- joe Yes. To be fair to Nails, I don't really think he's su- <laughs> he's supposed to be... A wrestler? Like, yeah, you're not really supposed to think of him that. You're supposed to think, wow, this guy's a real fucking maniac. Co- <laughs> like, he hates cops and shit. Yeah, or, 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 or corrections, corrections off- officers. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, though, about Bossman, that run, his music. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Have he's you ever taken a trip down, down to Cobb Cop- County, Georgia? You better read the signs. Respect the laws. Yeah. <laughs> He was he was awesome right. um, in a lot of ways. I see what you mean about how they could have done more with them. Doesn't yeah? Doesn't like that that whole we just did the rundown of his WWE run and it, the first time the, and it just it's not very good. No, he did as a heel. He had a really good. Well, I think it's really good. You might disagree. A match against Hogan uh, in a cage at Saturday okay. Night's Main Event, right? Yeah, I've seen that. It's 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 okay. It's one of Hogan's better TV right. matches. I never I never thought Bossman was an awful worker. No way. He was, you know what? Worker. He was, yeah, he was actually pretty he decent. He was pretty good. Like, in all, in all fairness. He's yeah. deserving of the Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah. You know, speaking of the, definitely deserving of the Hall of Fame, speaking of the uh, the big man aspect of it, it was disappointing. He had his last pay-per-view match before he left was against uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, one of our favorites. Right. At Rumble 93. And but that would have been like, a place to, yeah. to finally let him shine. But they, they worked like a 10-minute cool-the-crowd-down match. Mm. It was just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bossman was kind of on his way out, and Bo- Bigelow was coming yeah, in. Yeah, I don't remember really seeking out Bossman stuff at that point no, and caring what he was doing. What was that, 93? That was early 93. Yeah, he yeah, was it, gone soon after. Yeah, he just... Mm. But then he, he reinvigorated himself when he went over to WCW. He was... I always, like, because when I first started watching wrestling, they were already calling him, like, Big Bubba, and he was pointless. In 95, right? Right. In WCW, but when yep. he first comes into WCW, I, when I finally got to see that stuff on the network... When he was the boss. Yeah. Holy shit, like, where was this guy the whole time? I know, he had some great, a great series against Vader, first when he was the boss. Yeah, and I, we've remarked on it a lot, but I'm just saying, like, even that, like, he doesn't... Everything about him, I... I know that they have they can't use the full name, but you know yeah. what? Even the Guardian Angel thing, it's not bad. Like it, it, it's, yeah, I don't know if the Guardian Angels themselves also got upset about that. 
what did they had to change it because they didn't like it or something? I, I, that might be true. Uh, Scott Keith, come back and we can ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, thank you, Scott, for coming on with us last yeah, week. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome, fantastic, really great time, um, folks. We do actually hope to have Scott Keith on again for our Royal Rumble special coming it's up in, the in January. We'll We're make no contract guarantees. negotiations yeah. here going yeah. on. Lord Alfred, you know, yeah, Lord Alfred always is. He's he's the problem in the negotiations usually. <laughs> so, uh, Quinn, before we wrap up our first segment here, final thoughts on the big boss man. The Big Boss Man, I think, had a great tenure in NWA and WCW. I would say his his WCW near the end when he was like Ray all trailer. sloppy and like in the NWO and yeah. stuff. That wasn't so good, but no. for the most part, he had a good, decent run in WCW. He did. His first WWE run is the most disappointing to me. Really? Okay. Yeah. His it, second run was more mid-cardy anyway. He wasn't supposed he, to. He was just a funny, goofy heel, and we could go over that another time. Yeah. But like, that is... That, that was a totally different that's thing. That's a totally different thing. I'm not counting that. It's just, I think the reason I have a problem with it is basically just because... He seems like he's there the whole time. He is. He's there for five years. But he never gets like he never gets over the hump. So they could have capitalized on his uh, very hot, you know, run in ninety ninety one. Right. That's where they really would have harnessed it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That would have been the best time. You know what? I think you're right, and I think uh, he could have gotten over that hump if they had booked him the right way. But speaking of getting over the hump, right? We're gonna take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Will you please see what those boys are up to? Hey, kids, who's the WWF Wrestling Buddies? Wrestling Buddies from Tonka. Bonkum, bopum, wrestling buddies are looking for action. Hey, fellas, what's going on? Nothing, Dad. Who do you think you are? Dad, Hulk Hogan. Wrestling Buddies want to be your buddies. Henry, what's going on up there? I don't know! And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's Joe and Quinn here talking to you about wrestling for an hour. Yeah, hope we're back. Have, hope you're having a good Monday at work. Maybe you're on your way in or on your way out. Either way, though, remember to check us out on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Yep. And uh, we're going to move on now to our next segment, which is overrated. And in this segment, I'm going to tell Quinn something that is overrated. And I'm going to have to plead my case here, I think, because this might be a sensitive subject. Oh, boy. Um. I you know th- what I just thought? You might – I might know what you – okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. The Undertaker's streak. Hmm. Not the Undertaker himself. Okay, not what himself. I was expecting. Good. Not the Undertaker himself. I respect him as a worker. He's, he did have a very good career. Right. Uh, the streak is mainly overrated and overhyped by WWE themselves, I'd say. Because okay. they turned it into a selling point for WrestleMania. Right. But honestly, when I look at it, they should be on their hands and knees being so thankful that they didn't job this guy out to, like, Giant Gonzalez at 9, or else we wouldn't have a streak. It really became a myth that didn't have too much of a right to be. And I never liked the fact, by the way, that it was, like, at WrestleMania, like, his HP meter went way the hell up and he <laughs> became, like, Game Genie code on him. Like, why was he only good at WrestleMania? Like, why was he, like, unbelievably unstoppable at WrestleMania? Like, Shawn Michaels couldn't beat him twice. Triple Haw couldn't beat him twice. Like, CM Punk, who should have beaten him, by the way, if anyone was going to. That was maybe the time. Um, I just didn't like how it de- developed this mythical thing where, really, he beat freaking Jimmy Snuka. He beat Jake Roberts. Well, you got to start at the bottom. Yeah, I know. He beat Giant Gonzalez by DQ. Right. Remember the bird and the chloroform? The chloroform. It's always, anytime somebody has a cloth, it's chloroform. (laughs) And he wasn't even at 10. He beat King Kong Bundy, ooh, you know, big deal at 11. And they just kind of like, this fell into their lap. And I don't blame them. It was a smart business decision to start marketing this streak. Yeah. Once they knew it was a thing, which was around 17, 18. Yeah. Also, from what I understand, is that uh, Triple H was actually originally supposed to beat him at 17. What, and then they like were like, oh, there's a streak. No, something to do with <laughs> something to do with Shawn Michaels was supposed to be the ref or or uh, interfere on Triple H's behalf. Yeah, but Michaels, this is before you know he he got born again and before he his right, back was right. healed and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I, apparently he showed up at one of the Raws uh, right before so WrestleMania. Wasn't that the one where he was all drunk or yeah, something? Yeah, or, and they, or he wasn't drunk. He was like on pain pills or yeah. And they sent him home and they changed the finish again. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's 100 percent true or not. 
And then what? Didn't he beat Flair at eighteen or something? Like what was that? Yeah, I think it was Flair. And then some stupid handicap match at. That's the one that's stupid. It's like Mark Henry and Big Show, I think, or something like that. Or it was is like that... Albert. And no, and you're right. It's Albert. I'm it's sorry. Awful. That one's weird. But then after that one, that's when they go into high gear with like it's only epic opponents from that point forth. Well, it was Kane at twenty, right? right? Which is supposed to be like the first in like the epic. Like it's like oh, they're meeting again for the first time. Since like WrestleMania, like the other one, yeah, like it's it's like that was like the first time I started to feel like okay, now this is like a thing that we're doing, right? Like, he beat Batista, which you know I don't like him, but <laughs> yeah, again, big. That was like the main event, if I re- recall. It actually was a. Um, I thought un- that's the one where Undertaker closed the show with the belt. That was against Edge. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I'm just sorry. Well, I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't closing it, but it was one of the main titles. Remember, because there was two titles against Batista. Not like there is now, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, the the whole thing is is I just you could I didn't think he was ever gonna lose because booking you know what I mean until I was very surprised at WrestleMania 30. Which Quinn, why don't you share your memories on that one? Okay, well first before I do that, yeah, I want to retort to some of yeah, this. Yeah, go ahead because go ahead. I think that you're right that it um fell into their lap. It did, and they but know once it. it did. I can't say it's overrated. I think it's one of it was one of the. Bi- most unique and fun things about wrestlemania to be honest with you the fact like there of course along the way there were opponents where you thought wouldn't win but there was some like cm punk where the whole thing is that will he win like it became like such a cool thing to book around because it seemed like it it seemed like this impossible thing that he would ever lose at that point and so you when you had when a guy every couple years would step up and you'd be like well this guy might be the guy that was a big deal, and even if the guy lost to the Undertaker at WrestleMania, it didn't hurt him because it's the Undertaker at WrestleMania. So you know, well, he tried. You That's know, fair. I think the problem I have is precisely that—that that you knew he wasn't going to lose. Like as much of a big Shawn Michaels fan as I am, and, and especially you, did you really think Shawn was going to beat him either of those times? Um, the first time I thought he might have a chance. The second time when we knew he was going to retire, I didn't. What about Triple H? I never saw Triple, Triple H, H putting himself over Undertaker. Triple H the first time. Uh, that was really? during his his time period of um, at WrestleMania 17. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the yeah. 17 one, I thought he, I actually thought Triple H could right. win, but that was before the streak. I'm talking about their that, they, they had back-to-back, back-to-back yeah. later on. Um, and also, by the way, I think, speaking of overrated, I know it's a good match with Triple H, that second one, but I didn't, I've, I've tried to watch it a couple times now. And I just don't see it. I feel like if it was probably good in the moment, but it probably just it doesn't really translate. A lot like, of times, things are better in the moment. Yeah, that, you know? that seemed like a good in the moment thing. Every, everything's good. Well, not everything, but when you're watching WrestleMania with a bunch of people and a bunch of alcohol, yeah, everything seems better and, than it really is. And to be fair, I watched that match afterwards because that was one of the WrestleManias that I skipped and went back and watched later mm-hmm. because you know it was during. You know, a later period where yeah, it just where wasn't you a, weren't watching as much, as not as much. Yeah, now, now I'm back to watching WrestleMania every year because of the basically the network being nine ninety nine. It's like why the fuck not? Why, like, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, it's it, it seems silly to miss it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's like oh, it's a big thing that's on in April or whatever. So yeah. why don't I just watch it? It's like the Super Bowl or something. You just watch it, now. right? And but, since it's available, but back to the back to what your other you were talking about when it was broken. Yes. I think that's precisely the point that proves why it's not overrated because it was just such a big thing. It's one of the it's it's in recent memory it's to me one of the biggest moments in the last 10 years, maybe yeah, last like 10 maybe even 20 years. It's like a really big deal. It was a really big deal. I I completely agree. I was as surprised as anybody right. when Brock Lesnar actually won. And folks, I'm going to state for the record here Quinn was way ahead of the curve. Quinn called this win. And I, maybe other people do, but I'm talking amongst the people we were watching with. Yeah, I said in the middle of the match. Um, Out of nowhere, you had like this this revelation. It just, I don't know what happened. I just remember saying to you, I was like, oh my God, he's going to lose. Yep. Like, and everyone, you all just shit on me in the yeah, room. We're like, like no, this was like a party too. Yeah, because, we had a bunch of people here. Because WrestleMania 30 is one of, was one of the best WrestleManias. It was worth having a party for. Absolutely. Like, that was a really good WrestleMania. It was wonderful. And, um, yeah, I just I I don't know why. I guess because Lesnar was dominating, and I just the Undertaker wasn't fighting back as he usually would at WrestleMania. It wasn't one of those dominating performances. He also had freaking you know barbarians powers of pain haircut too, which didn't <laughs> help the way he looked. Yeah, he looked well, like an idiot. Yeah, I mean 
say what you will, but the point he I thought the Undertaker himself did a great job of making that moment bigger. Just the way his reaction was and you know, somberly leaving and like Well, didn't he have a concussion too? Remember he that was did, the story? But you know, I, I can totally that guy's like one of those old timers that's not gonna let <laughs> anything um take away from the moment what, that and what he's what, supposed to be doing right, right. i thought he could it, be a zombie and he'll still fucking he was do zombie. what he's supposed to do remember he was exactly that's my point that uh-huh. i'm saying even if you know he could he could not be not all there and still do the job that he's supposed to do i thought it was wonderfully sold by paul Heyman and paul Heyman, yeah i thought it was very shocking a lot of people disagreed with the booking decision and a lot of people probably would have preferred that the streak never ended what do you think about that um i think I'm of two things with that. It's a, it's a, I'm like kind of pulled at both ends, right? I think that on the positive note, I think it's what revived Brock. It did. That made him a big deal. Right. Because before that, he had lost a Triple H. Triple H, was it? He lost a Triple H. Yeah. And it was like, he kind of came in and it was like, well, is he really the big threat that we want him to be? But after that, it was like, it was honestly one of the greatest runs, and it's still kind of going on. I would say go- going, you know, forward yeah. right now, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, it's still it's still there, but it's you know when it was fresh, it was it carried on for a good year of like Brock Lesnar is an unstoppable. unstoppable. And what I also like that it did is it, it it passed on that phenom thing to Brock Lesnar in a way that I didn't expect. Whereas. Remember how we remarked in those times how Brock was not – he wasn't really a healer face, but we didn't have a problem with that because he was just – He an, was an entity unto himself. He was an entity. He was a disruption. He was something that heels and faces alike were afraid of. That's a good point. So you're saying that if it hadn't been for the streak, it would have been much more difficult yes. to achieve. It's long-term booking in a weird way because once they figured out the streak, whoever they handed that off to, they knew would they they could be make make a big deal out of him, and they actually did it for and once. The thing is, is some people might argue, did it really need to be Brock Lesnar, a guy that you know, but at that point he was already 37 years old, at the t- okay, and a veteran already. Couldn't I get you have it. made yes. someone? new or at least someone less established giving them a big bump by having them lose to I agree right but let's let's think about this for a second that I I totally am with you on that I always thought maybe it should be a newcomer right it could have even been CM Punk that would have cemented him right it could have it could have and regardless the case right think about it this way if they had given it to some newcomer right mm-hmm that might have not worked the way we thought it would work. Meaning that maybe that guy wouldn't have... Because beating... People know now that wrestling's fake. It is? <laughs> but people know now that wrestling's fake. Right. And it's... Say it's you give sports it to a, entertainment. Say when. you give it to a newcomer, right? And with the way the fans are very um, divisive about who they want to see going <laughs> as the top guy. Sure. If they had picked just a new guy... And I, I don't want to say Roman Reigns, but like say that just let's for hypothetically, ex- hypothetically, let's say they picked Roman Reigns, right? Mm-hmm. No matter if the Roman Reigns could beat um freaking anybody ever, and it's not going to change people's minds, right? But people already had accepted they liked the idea of Brock Lesnar, they okay. just didn't have the push to encourage it. So maybe, maybe. In this case, they kind of made the right decision because this is the guy that can actually carry this phenom status on his shoulders and really seem like he's something with it. He really did go on from that point forward to have an incredible run. There was an aura, a mystique about him. I don't want to go off too much on Brock Lesnar. Well, it's related to The Undertaker, it, it really. I and mean, he, it, had that, he had that feud with The Undertaker where um, Undertaker almost turned heel. Yeah. You mean when they, they like, fought when, after again? Yeah, when he resorted to like being a dick, to, which I kind of like. I kind of like. I, li- I like the idea of Taker having to, um, you know, like, give be up a heel. Basically, he had, to, he had to fight fire with fire. Basically, he did. But but Lesnar wasn't specifically a quote unquote rule breaker. He was just Brock Lesnar. Yeah, you know? but you you got you got to take everything. To, you had to. Um, all the stops. What? What? What's? what's Got to pull out all pull the stops. Pull out the, all the stops, as Gorilla would say, or something. Yeah, like absolutely. It, it was one of those times where it was. I think the fans weren't mad at Taker for doing it. It was just one of those like. It was like this guy's freaking nuts. Like I have to like use weapons and like anything <laughs> to beat him. Like he's crazy. Right. Like so. Okay. So 
I, I see what you're saying. That was very well said, actually. Now, I didn't get to say the other point yeah. with that is that, um, you know, if if the reason why I think that it kind of sucks is is because where does it leave Taker, right? Like the Undertaker is in this situation now where he has to go forward every WrestleMania and there's no streak, but we're supposed to act like there's still that same aura. And that's a that's a bit of a problem. That's true. I mean, didn't he fight Bray Wyatt the next year, if I'm not Which mistaken? Which would have meant more the year before. Correct. Because, like, everything everything he does now would mean more before the streak. See, Bray Wyatt Bray could game. have been a guy, for example, that could have broken the streak, and that would have worked. People would have been okay with that. That's an, I, I kind of disagree with that because again, because it, it falls into my is this is this the guy thing. People were waiting for a reason to get on the Bray Wyatt bandwagon. One hundred percent. Let me they, tell you they some, kept booking him like Let a me doofus. tell you something, buddy. Who even before his status had elevated after WrestleMania thirty would have been people would have been okay with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but I don't know if that would have ever needed to happen. Not needed, but I'm saying it's an example of a guy that is proven before you give it, but still young. So you do agree, though, that the streak, because uh, I, I think it should have been broken regardless. I think it should have been broken. I think Taker should have retired. Um, After losing. The problem The problem with that is that um, it seems like no matter – whatever you think, I think that Taker still has something to offer as far as um, – not maybe not in the ring anymore, but charisma-wise – it's like he hasn't laid down his sword, if you will. Like he it, hasn't laid down his sword, and he is the the very last representation of a very old era. You know, I mean, and I think I think that's important to the company. It's still important. It to is. Me. Really, I I know. It's still real to you, damn it. <laughs> I know we get a little uh, the Undertaker, but yeah, I do that. I've been time, doing that for years. I can't say that I wouldn't be like sad the day when he's gonna. S- stop for good because it does feel like it's like those are the guys I grew up with. You know, sure, like there's, I, I there's get a that. little like. It's it's like oh we just want to hang on to can there be this one representative that comes once a year to like say like yeah that's our era you I, know I got gotcha. you you know I um to close out this segment here I'm going to you know again go on the record and say I do like the Undertaker yes I do too I, I do and I appreciate his career my point of view was I just got tired of the streak the streak the, right. the streak because again why was he so super powered at one specific event. He yeah. lost other matches in the midst of the streak. So he didn't lose as he didn't lose very often. Well, period well, in his career, Quinn. But by the time yeah. he hit 2005, he barely wrestled anymore. Right. 2006. So, so then it makes it even more because he never loses more. ever. But it always pissed me off yeah. in in a kayfabe way because it's like, well, the damn guy's got a whole year to prepare for each match. He better win. <laughs> yeah. He better look good. That was the other thing, you know. Well, he did. And he did. He, he did. It's like you can't complain because he did. I'll, like I'll still say it's overrated, but I, I certainly. Understand. I, I understand your angle. Appreciate. I'm not. I'm not. So we agree to disagree. Yeah. I agree pl- to disagree in a yeah. pleasant yeah. way. I get your angle with it. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the underrated Quinn. What are you going to throw at me today? I think this one's just going to be a fun one I that like we fun. can reminisce and. Um, All right. I think that, um, and this is a little. It's oddly off topic, which is, but at the same time, it's within topic. Okay. I think that WWF video games are underrated. <laughs> nice. Okay, what are we talking here? Um. Well, first, the first WWF video games I really played was I grew up in the you know late NES Super Nintendo era. Was yeah, me like too. When I first, like you know, I first played Nintendo, Nintendo but I didn't was really still around, right? But I didn't really have Nintendo. I had Super Nintendo. Same here. So the first ones I really played were Royal Rumble and Res- uh No, Raw. Royal Rumble and Raw. Yes. And they were on the same engine. There was also WrestleMania on Super, Super Nintendo. Super WrestleMania. Yeah. But. I think those those games get shitted on all the time, first of all. Those are, like, the first ones in the WWF games suck. Like, people hate them for some reason. Yeah, I, and I don't... I don't get that. I love them. I, people crap on the tug of war style where you gotta just jam. I don't think that's that bad. And that that kind of sets the stage for some of the other games later on. It does. I I love those games. They have a, such a, a fun appeal. You can knock out the ref. Yeah, you can knock out the ref. The bucket on the side. <laughs> that's and the in chair. Raw, yeah. yeah, the chair. They had. It was so fun because. The way the characters and the sprites looked to me, I loved it. I was like, yeah, this looks like the guys. It looked like a proper representation of the the guys you like to watch 
all the time, and you could play with them. Like yeah. that was what I, I mean. I'm not trying to sound weird, but you could you could literally you could be, be the guys, be the wrestlers. And it was awesome. And the, I also like those uh, the menu screens when you pick the wrestlers, and they the, would the big picture of them, and the it nice... would give their all their stats. Like I'll tell you what, that's, I knew the that's stat. how I learned the that's stats. That's how I learned about the them, where they were from, and how much they weighed. And, and Undertaker five uh, or six, six ten, ten and, and a half, half right? <laughs> Three hundred twenty-eight yeah. pounds. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, you had those sweet digitized themes, right? And that's the other. <laughs> But but it wasn't. It wouldn't happen. You have to leave it on them for a second to read. It was cool. It almost like encouraged reading them because it's yep. like okay, leave the so I could hear the music, the sweet digitized themes, and then I get to read the stats and see the cool pictures of them. It was just those games were really fun. They were. Um, they they kind of got me into wrestling games, and then like I think they the when we got to that N sixty four era, right. Mm-hmm. With those 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 games were really fun. The that other engine by yeah, claim, right? Like Warzone and Attitude. No, oh no, those games were awful. I was gonna say, yeah, because, not those. Oh games. yeah, you mean the those were on PlayStation. You mean the THQ? Well, they were N sixty four also. Yeah, you mean the THQ engine? Yes, the THQ that was engine. used for WCW Revenge. What's funny is I I look back and I read nostalgically mm-hmm. people saying how good those games were but i remember at the time people like if you read in a magazine no one liked them right? yeah they, they they would rate them like dog shit yeah which I, I don't get i those to me are like to me it's basically those games and the smackdown games are like the best wrestling so games. you're talking like no mercy and wrestlemania 2000 yeah i actually um i also like the wcw ones um revenge. a lot and uh, world tour was fun world tour was good and then revenge was even better now this is interesting um I actually got on board with that THQ style, not yeah. on N64. On, on PlayStation. PlayStation, there was this WCW game. I can't... For- WCW versus the world. WCW versus the world. The first WCW game on PlayStation. Yeah. That was the first one that was like the N64 ones, yes, oddly it was. enough, and it was on... It was on PlayStation. And that was really just a uh, an import of a Japanese game, and they threw some WCW guys in there. Yeah, because I remember there was, like, THQ Man or something. THQ or I, Man, of course. AKI Man, and I didn't yeah, even know what that was. Yeah, maybe it was AKI Man. I didn't right. know who the hell that We called him Aki Man. <laughs> I want to take you back, Quinn, uh, just as a fun fact for, for you and for the folks at home. You, you guys know I've been watching wrestling since 1994, if you've been right. listening. I actually played Royal Rumble about a year before I was a wrestling fan. Because it was oh, one, really? yeah, it was one of the games. So you played the game uh, first. I did. It was one of the games available to rent at Spotswood Video, which is where I used to get my games. Right. And um, but I would run everything. You know, George Foreman's KO boxing. I liked fighting. Oh yeah, you showed games. me the other day that you really love George Foreman boxing. I do. I'm a, I, I, I'm a that big fan. surprised me. I didn't. Yeah. I, I don't really play boxing. Games, I love the Vander Holyfield real deal yeah. on Genesis. <laughs> all that shit. So I played Rumble before I ever saw wrestling. So when right. I saw wrestling. This is the funniest shit. When I saw wrestling for the first time, I was like, oh my, they look just like the guys from the video game. Yeah, yeah. Like when I first saw the big boss man, I was like, I was, because I had played Rage in the Cage right. for uh, Sega CD, because my brother had Sega CD, right. and boss man's in that. I was like, this looks just like the thing. It was funny. Yeah, Rage in the Cage was cool too, because of CD. Yeah, it was the same engine as Rumble, Yeah, but it had extra guys, guys that are only on that version. Right, it was like a special version of that engine, basically. Yes. Like, of that Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Super WrestleMania, and, yep. and Raw engine. You had the Fink doing, like, voice, like, uh, yeah, announcements and yeah. stuff. It was really awesome. It was really cool. Um, I just want to just pause with this be- for a second, because yeah, I want to say something. I think that video games and wrestling have a kind of unique connection that um, it's not like another thing. It's not like other things. I think what's cool about wrestling in general is that wrestling is like a video game. Like, it always was and it always has been. It's colorful characters fighting each other. Over-the-top moves. Over-the-top moves. And so it seems like one of the most natural things that would translate to a video game possible because... And also, like, the way that it works is that you can play the games and then you can go on Saturday mornings back then and go watch the, the wrestling. The same guys. The same guys, yeah. Exactly. And that's that's just a, just another aside about wrestling video games in general. Right. Um, and if we were, we all, I don't want to miss this one to get back yeah, on topic ahead, here, but I don't want to miss this video game. Is, um, you remember, um, uh, 
not Super WrestleMania. What, what's the one? WrestleMania, the arcade game. The arcade game. WrestleMania, sure. the arcade Folks, game. Folks, just so you know what that is, I'm going to give a quick quick nugget on that. This was basically Midway and Acclaim developed this, and it was essentially a hybrid of a wrestling game and a Mortal Kombat style. style yeah. Like, over-the-top fighting game. It was released in the arcade, then it came out on PlayStation, um, it came out on Genesis, and yeah. it came out on Super Nintendo. And the, it was cool. It had like it had like move combinations rather than like yeah, um, it was grapple based. It was Mortal Kombat E, but yeah. it was also very over the top. Shawn Michaels, I remember with a baseball bat. Well, the thing I remember about hand buzzer. The thing I remember most about Shawn Michaels is he was my favorite character. He to me he had the coolest moves in that game. He had that slide thing where that he got slide your life. thing was awesome. And then he also <laughs> had if you hit punch instead of kick on the forward forward, he would um, do a hurricanrana. Yeah, he had a hurricanrana, and I was like, that's fucking cool. I um. And Hadouken kick was Hadou- the super kick. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and Brett was in that. Brett was fun in that. Did you know they released a sequel to that called In Your House? Yes, I do know about that. Did I you know never it sucked? I never played it. It's How awful. could it suck? It's the same thing. It's just bad. It's just not as good? It's just not as good. But it has the Ultimate Warrior in it, believe it or not. Huh. Because he was there in 96. It's probably the latest game Ultimate Warrior's in. Like, besides yeah, until the, the new SmackDown, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, before they... So... So just to well, let's go back on the timeline here. Um, yeah. Then the, the you know you had the WrestleMania 2000s and the No Mercies on N64. Sure. And around those that the later part of the N64 era that SmackDown came out on um on PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation. SmackDown one came to out me, in the early 2000s. That was the f- most that brought it all together. See, that, I, that, that, I agree. That's like when it was like okay, it's like we're gonna take the best of the, the N64. We're gonna take the best of the old games. We're yep. Jam it all together and. And I, I didn't play SmackDown 1, but I bought SmackDown 2 shortly okay, so after I it came out. Okay, so I played SmackDown 1. Same engine. Yeah, same engine. I fell in love with that. SmackDown 2 was I loved awesome. it. I loved they it. Imp- that's one of the rare wrestling games where they improved every single yes. thing from the first one. And I remember my favorite part was that, like, career mode where it would, oh, like, yeah, there'd be, like, it. simulated matches around sure. your matches. Yeah, that like, music would play and stuff. And it showed the life bars go down. Who the hell's going to win? Yeah. Then, you know, once they moved that franchise over to PS2, it was still really good. That kind of, after that, it became the, like, flag bearer. Yep, and they still are good. Yeah, they're, you know, they are they have up and down years. True. I, what do you think of the yearly format now? Do you I like think it's that? good. I think that's a good idea because wrestling rosters change. Wrestling rosters change, especially now in this era we live in. You have a lot of DLC yeah. to, to so, keep yeah, updated. So, yeah, people can get the new wrestlers. Yeah, I have no issue with and that. And the creator wrestler mode now is so good that you can share the wrestlers. Right. Which also, we've, we, we actually forgot about talking about creator wrestler oh god yeah from the, ori- the original from creator wrestler Warzone. was Warzone, right a lot of people don't remember that i had a memory card full of all these calls i made over the years i always thought I'm so proud of what was so funny about that creator wrestler mode was it was cool that you could create a wrestler for the first time but i just remember that it, it was a shame that the engine was just so pissed oh, it was, it was so like primitive. such a shitty game Oh yeah, it like was it, very primitive. That game's not underrated. That game's Warzone? perfectly rated. Warzone it, is it, not that good. It's not good. But no. once they started applying that to the SmackDown games, that's then right. you were like, oh it, shit. It was like, like the best of both worlds. Yeah. And not a WWF game, but one wrestling game I really enjoy. You and I have actually played it, Quinn, and I don't mean when we were kids, folks. I mean when we were like in our you know, late 20s, maybe yeah. even in our 30s, is Saturday Night Slam Masters. You like that game, right? By Capcom. I love that game. That game's fun. It's kind of hard. It's hard. It's it's a it's a very Street Fighter-esque, Final Fight-esque right. in terms of the sprites and everything. Yeah. What a fun game, though. What a fun game. And it's funny you bring up Street Fighter. I feel like, again, it's that... The, the cool thing about wrestling is like it's like Street Fighter in real life. Yeah, it just it's, translates right into a video game. Right. The um the NES games, there's really not much to say about. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of the limitation of the the console. I agree. They couldn't really do much. It kind of to me it really started at Super and Genesis. Like that's like when yeah. wrestling games kind of came into their own. But we would really miss the mark if we did not mention perhaps one of the best wrestling games ever is WrestleFest for the arcade. Yeah, that game's cool, oh right? Oh my gosh, yeah, that the game's big, really cool. colorful graphics. That was the first time you could, I think to me, that's almost like a tech demo for the 16-bit games. That's yeah. like showing like, okay, when we get to the 16-bit, this is what it could really look like. Absolutely, because like, that that game encapsulates like late 90 in a nutshell. You right, know, it's got it, Hogan it, it's and so, Perfect and Warrior yeah. and Boss Man it's, and it's a cool DiBiase one. and the Legion of Doom, I believe. It's just, what a good game. It's cool, and it's a shame that the... um. That the the sixteen bit era couldn't have those kind of wrestlers because like they just didn't they weren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, 
you know, like, it's cool. I feel like WrestleFest is that rare chance you get to see what that 80s era would have looked like if the video game technology was, like, yeah. there to be step up with it. Yeah, because that game was really the sequel to Superstars, but it's head and shoulders above Superstars. Remember oh, yeah. that one where you fight DiBiase and Andre as the final boss? <laughs> kind of. I didn't really play Superstars. I played more on NES. I played the Wrestle, just WrestleMania, the one that's really stupid. <laughs> where, like, they, objects float by yeah, and you need to yeah, grab it's them. Doesn't, it's, the ring is, like, misshapen. Yeah, it's and like terrible. the wrestlers are like tiny chicken McNuggets fighting yeah. each other. Like, yeah, yeah, there really aren't many good uh, NES wrestling games. Yeah, uh, and WCW, quite frankly, did not have a good game until until '96. You know, right? WCW versus the WCW, world, and it's it's interesting to me that WCW versus the world is the first of those that THQ, THQ style. style. It's fu- I always thought it was kind of funny that THQ. Re- it was almost like THQ went with the way the uh, Monday Night Wars was going, right? They like started with <laughs> they started with WCW because they were the leader. True. And then they're like, oh shit, like they're not the leader anymore. And then they made WrestleMania 2000. They were with WWF from then forward. Yeah, I don't know if that's coincidental or not. It's, I it's think just a, it's WWF a, had an acclaimed contract. Yeah, it, it's just a funny like thing. Like it, I just always thought like it was cool. I was like, I felt like THQ is on the pulse. They like right. know who's like in <laughs> command or whatever. Before we wrap this up, did you ever play the last uh, acclaimed wrestling games by ECW? I on that attitude, Warzone were they engine. The Warzone engine? Yes. That, they look like it when I saw the pictures yep. in the magazines. And as soon as I saw that they look like Warzone, I was like, I'm not getting that. Yeah, I played them. Joey Styles does commentary. <laughs> it's about as Joey Styles as you might expect. <laughs> it's fun, but it's it's Warzone with ECW guys. It's you just, know? Yeah, it's like Paul Heyman got the sloppy seconds on that rest, that yeah. video game license. Yep, and, that and he was so proud of getting, if you remember. <laughs> well, folks, speaking of sloppy seconds, we're going to take a break here. We'll be back with our last segment seg segment right <laughs> after this wwf royal rumble from a plane now on genesis with more wrestling superstars and more specialty moves than ever before 16 make mayhem incredible six men of the ring action in the ring out of the ring out of control WWF Royal Rumble on Super NES and now on Genesis. Get ready to rumble! Welcome back to our vantage point. This is the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us. We're going to wrap up our show, unfortunately, because I could have done that video game segment, Quinn. I could have done that until uh, December. That was fun. That I, was real fun. I, I, I mean, I have much Good more call. to say about wrestling video games, but... We can always bring we, it up again. We're going to just... We'd have to have, like, a wrestling video game podcast or something. We might have to, actually. Yeah. Uh, can we get the airtime for that? I don't know. We could ask Lord Alfred. Maybe there could be one where we, like, videotape us playing the games or something. That would be cool, right? What's video? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have. I only have a radio in my yeah, living room. Yeah, that's what I have. That's yeah. that's how you're listening to this, right, folks? I play radio games. <laughs> radio games. I can just hear. Ooh, ooh. That's how I know I'm punching them. <laughs> ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, now you sound ah. like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> okay, so for our last segment here, this is then and now. Perspectives change when you've been a fan as long as we have. Mm. Here's one that's changed for me. I'm gonna set the stage as we always do for this segment i'm gonna take you back to the monday night wars oh that the 90s <laughs> now that's not the perspective but this is what was going on at the time there were two competing shows of course wwf's monday night raw against wcw's monday nitro oh you sound like that guy from the monday night wars i'm michael cole <laughs> yeah I'm the sports well not just that even the the, the Dorbridge wf was <laughs> oh, oh, the wait. evil vince, Mc- vince mcmahon's <laughs> world wrestling entertainment yeah. and head turner's yeah why does he keep calling it entertainment it wasn't called that back then anyway so there were two shows, of course, Raw and Nitro, and for a, a very specific year, they were very neck and neck, and that's 1998. Mm-hmm. They were yeah, they very were neck and neck. That was like you watched. That was prime time to be a fan. Yeah, you watched both basically. Yeah. You either taped one, you taped one, and you watched the other, just, or you flipped. That's how I learned the um, 
back channel button or whatever that was. That's a good button back then. Yeah, back then. I, that's what I would do. It was like a, it's like an arrow that looked like it was re- reversing or yeah, something. Yeah, now a good button is the fast forward button. Yes. <laughs> You're watching but back wrestling. then you go, you go to the last <laughs> channel button. Yeah, I just had my finger on that button the whole, I feel exactly. like that button was invented for that. Now it's like, like you have Nitro your, and Raw. Now you have your finger on the fast forward button yeah, and maybe yeah. hit play Well, that button was also invented for Raw that's three <laughs> hours long, so. So, during that period of time on these two shows, the voices of these shows were were very uh, distinguished as well. On Raw, you had Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, who we talked about on the previous episode, yeah. as a great you know epitome of the '90s commentary. Oh yeah, and definitely. on WCW, you had Tony Schiavone uh, with various people. Sometimes Larry Zbyszko, Mike Tenay, Bobby Heenan. Yeah, I felt like Tenay and Heenan were his his go tos. His main like, go tos. Yeah, those were his guys. And the guy I want to zero in on there is Tony Schiavone. Actually, I didn't like him at the time. I didn't like him for many you didn't years. Like him? I thought I kind of. Liked him, actually. I, he, to me, he looked like the fat kid in school <laughs> that would tell the teacher on you He's if basic- you like did something wrong. He would cover his answers if you <laughs> tried to like look at them. He just seemed like such a like a dorky like. Well, <laughs> well isn't that the should be the straight man though? Like yeah, I know he's but- like you know what he is. He's like the. He's like if Kevin Kelly was like not a woman. <laughs> so so I didn't like I didn't like Shivani for years. Being a WWF guy, right? Um, first and foremost, although I, I was, don't get me wrong, folks, I was, and so was Quinn, a WCW fan. I liked it. Yeah, I, I was mean, a, I was. I loved, I, I loved it in its day. Yeah, and especially in '98. But being a WWF guy and always pulling for them to win, I wanted them to come back. Right. You know, I wanted them to regain their yeah. sports entertainment supremacy. And I was with you that, but I think I always had this. You know what I liked about WCW is I felt like it was a place where I could go to see more wrestling in a time when all I couldn't get enough of it. It's a great that, point. I mean, yeah. people couldn't get enough wrestling in '98. Right. So with Shivani, though, he represented to me the the evil competition. Right. He was the voice of the evil competition. Yeah. And I just found him to be annoying and the whole, you know, the greatest night in the history of our sport and all this crap. However, okay. looking back, Tony Schiavone is damn good. He's very good. Um, You know, just to remark on that, you had mentioned greatest night in the history of our sport thing. Yes. I think that the our sport part is what I like about Schiavone. It's that he treats what they're watching as... Quite frankly, a sporting event, and I always liked that about and, WCW. And, and, and he, you know, you know, he would call the champion. The, he's the king of our sport. He's yeah, the sure. best in the world. Sure, you know, he would never. He would always elevate the product and not denigrate it. That's true. He he at times seemed to be a bit withdrawn emotionally, but I like that style. Yeah, you know, he wasn't a JR. He was like a Joe Buck. If he you was will. more like a Joe Buck, and people do not like whatever. Joe Buck, he, whatever but you want to say about Joe mean. Buck, yeah. By the way, Joe Buck did a fantastic he job did. calling the World Series. One of the best things he's called in years. Seriously, yeah. he was awesome. And Shivani had a lot of that same mentality where he was like this he was presiding over his product. He was detached, so he right. reported, whereas JR was involved. Right. So he roared. You never, you never you know? see Shivani in an angle where they beat him up or anything. Like No, not really. The no. only thing was they, the they, NWO and, would they broke bully the, him around. Right. And he I felt like um it was important to for that angle the nwo in general mm-hmm. it was important for shivani to say no 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 these guys are disrupting yeah. sports right right like he treated it like this is a serious thing we're doing and these guys are infringing upon it right that's it wasn't that he hated them because they were heels he right. hated them because they were disrupting the his athleticism job. yeah his yeah. job his yeah. whole thing that he was a part of that right. he vouched for right that, that he, he liked that you it felt like he believed in exactly like, you know like it was like no, this guy really like this is a sport to him, and they're screwing it all up. They're yeah. they're spray painting, they're disrespecting. Uh-huh. I mean, when they did spray painted the WCW championship, it was it was like the end of the world to him. Oh yeah, like, and Hogan turned yeah. to you and he said, "Hogan, you can go to hell." Yeah, remember that? That was right. how Bash of the Beach ended. You and can not go be, straight not to hell. because he turned heel, but because of the his disrespect for the championship. Right, for the tradition, right. for turning against the company that employed him. Yeah, it, it and, wasn't in just turn, and in turn, I liked how he connected with Flair, because Flair was a guy about tradition at that time. Yes. He was a guy that, 
he was he, it, to Shivani. He was looked back fondly as this is one of our greatest champions and a pure athlete, a right. a consummate wrestler. You know, he would Absolutely. hype him up no matter what. You know, Flair could be wacky and stuff, but that was even Flair in the in the old days would he, he would ramp it up, be wacky. But he would always have this, I'm the champion. This should be respected. Absolutely. This is a sport. I am the best at this sport. And I felt like Shivani was a great, like, almost caretaker to that attitude. He was, and that's the thing. If you go back, and I know you and I both have, Quinn, and, and I know you really like this. If you watch the World Championship Wrestling episodes from the mid-'80s. Yes. Not wh- that it wasn't called that. It was. Yeah, I know. That was the name of the show the rather show. than the company. Yeah, the show, World Championship right. Wrestling, yeah. where Tony Schiavone was newer, and he was actually mainly a color guy, right? David Crockett. Yeah, David Crockett. Davy Crockett. Yeah, Davy Crockett, David, king of the wild frontier. Yeah, David Crockett was. Schiavone was his, his junior. Basically, and Shivani had a mustache, which was weird. Yeah, but, but I, even, even even then he was great. Shivani was excellent, and I think part of the perception of me not liking him is that, you know, he went to WWF in 89, 90, he was there, and yeah. so if I turn on certain events, whether it's Rumble 90 <laughs> or SummerSlam 89 or some you're of like, these... You're like the evil uh, competition yeah, like, presiding over your here. wrestling. <laughs> but man, he actually really, truly is a very good wrestling announcer. He's He is. He, he calls it... He calls moves. He calls everything. Like he's he's good. He's what Michael Cole should be. He he, he is. I mean, as far as the in the in the in the annals, yeah, of good announcers in the product that I've watched and things, mm-hmm. he's right up there. I'm serious. I mean, yeah, he, he's I, good. I, I honestly think he gets disrespected purely based on that he was on the losing side. I think that's part of it. I think he did become, and it wasn't his fault because he was doing his job. Right. He did become very shilly and a little too hyper, but isn't that hy- kind hyperbolic. Of, yeah, you know? but isn't that what you want out of the company, man? It's to, you no do. matter how bad or good it is, you want him to act like this is the most important thing happening In right now. In the history now. of our sport. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I and, agree with that. And when it really was a big thing, it meant even more because if you go back and watch, say, that Goldberg show, right? July of 98 Raw. Shivani, I mean, sorry, Nitro. Yeah, yeah. Shivani does some things in there. He says some things that are kind of cool because it, it feels like Shivani is almost – he's kind of admitting that he says that a lot. But at the same time, he like he ends the show with, I don't have any more words to describe this. There's nothing more that can be said. It's great. And then yeah. he kind of just like we're gonna we're gonna just let it sit like you know like yeah he I think I don't know personally with him I'd love to have him on sometime maybe I can get <laughs> some contact out to him because he'd probably be a great guy to talk to for an hour yeah. but um, it seemed to me anyway that around the time maybe ninety nine once Russo came in. Right, he kind of got probably disillusioned, disenfranchised yeah. with. And the why thing. wouldn't he? He seen so. I truly think he. At the, before that point, he really cared about the product. Like I'm not, and I'm not saying like he was a company man. He did his job well. It wasn't a character at that point. It was. Right. It was like for him, it seemed like, and maybe he was playing it up, but for him, it seemed like he was watching something he loved die. It's very, very possible that that's the truth. And yes, he, and it being so disgusted. That's very possible. Because once Vince Russo came in. It wasn't the old. It wasn't even. It wasn't the old NWA anymore, for damn sure. But it wasn't oh, even. No. It wasn't even the WCW. old WCW anymore. It wasn't no. even the old. It wasn't the emphasis on the wrestling, and right. we're different from right. WWF. It was Vince Russo trying to make them WWF, right. and it didn't work. And we saw obviously. how Shivani thought of that when he was in WWF himself. Absolutely. Now, one thing I did want to address amongst this topic here, because I think it's very important to be fair to Tony Shivani here is he gets a lot of flack for, on the January 4th, 99 Nitro, the Finger Poke of Doom episode, he gets a lot of flack for that comment he made about, you know, Mick Foley is going to win their world title. That'll put a lot of butts in the seats. Now, it's been explained, of course, that that direction, their directive really came from Eric Bischoff. Which it should have. I mean, that's not Shivani's decision to be saying that in the first place. So people kind of remember him for that. And Bischoff, and I really want to make a point here on this, Bischoff justified this stupid comment right? by saying, well, that's what I did. Well, he probably asked, he, he always self-interviews himself, did I always do that? Yes, I did. Of course I did. Right. You know, he he justified it by saying, well, I always did that. I always gave away and that's, the results. that's a true statement. It is a true statement, but here's the thing that I don't know if anyone's hit upon. Right. In the He never did that 
in the midst of the Monday Night Wars at the competition that they were at. This is during a period of time where WWF was dominating, but it could have gone either way. He never did something that stupid. And not only that, guess what? What? He never gave away a world title change on Nitro because because there hadn't been a taped Raw where the title changed hands until that. Right, but he's just saying but he gave the results in general. That away. was a stupid thing to do. I don't care how he. Tried. Oh, and I, by ninety nine, he wasn't giving results away yeah. anymore. That was something he did in like ninety five or I, early ninety six. You're correct, and I don't want to say I. I know that was a stupid I've seen thing, thing to Bischoff, do. Bischoff regrets it. It's not like he. It's not like he still goes out and defends that. But like, I don't know why he would have done that. Mick Foley, especially at the time, was a beloved wrestling figure why would you tell everybody hey this guy's gonna win the world title don't watch it i get idiot i get that fuck but i can what are you doing i get i totally get it you know i can see i can also rationalize the the decision by saying look um you if you know this is gonna happen right you know you can watch it on tape if you're taping and you're watching nitro live right then, you know, like, why would you change the channel? Because you're like, well, I know the title's going to change hands. So I can watch me, it later. I can watch it later, and I can maybe the title will change hands on Nitro. I don't know. But isn't there something to be said for watching something like... See, the, the even more insulting part of it is that he tried to get people to stay on Nitro to watch a guy lose to a finger poke. Yeah. You know, to be so, fair, the title did change hands on his show that night. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It changed yeah. fingers. Yeah, you know? it changed fingers, yeah, but... I, so I... Uh, at least Tony Schiavone is exonerated in that. Right. He was just doing oh, his yeah. job. No, not, and I'm not going to defend Bischoff any further, but I, it doesn't ha- it's not Schiavone's fault. It's definitely not Schiavone's fault. I'm sad that he never really got too involved with wrestling after WCW. I know he did this thing. If you remember, Quinn. TNA. Well, he, he briefly had a shoot, worked shoot, you know, promo in TNA where he had like weird hair and a beard. Yeah. But he actually, Quinn, um, and we'll be wrapping up shortly. He had a very brief stint in Jimmy Hart's uh, wrestling federation, the XWF, at, at the was end. Was that of, Memphis or something? I don't know where it was. It was the end of 2001. Hmm. It was actually interesting because it was the period of time where the King wasn't in WWF yet. Oh, he was only there? He was like, it was where Heyman was still in WWF. Okay. So you had an event where was it was King commentating with the Shivani? King and huh. Tony Schiavone on commentary. Wow, I've never heard of this. The main event of that event was Mr. Perfect huh. versus Hulk Hogan. Wow, in that's, 01. that's kind of weird. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know if that was the last time Tony Schiavone did wrestling commentary, but I'm going to be honest, for a guy that I didn't like all throughout the 90s, you know, a lot of time, yeah. I miss him. He Would, was good. I, I miss him a he lot. He was good. Would you say this, that... And I, I'm of one of those people that I never thought WCW would fold either. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that had WCW still existed to this day, do you think Shivani would still be there? I mean, on a person, he's still young. Yeah, like, he's in, not that old. Or he's anything. not Jr. He's younger than Jr. He's younger right? than Jr. Right. He's probably about fifty nine now. Yeah, which is he'd still be doing his. I, I would think he would retire like when people retire at sixty five. He so. pretty much by that point was the face of WCW or the voice, I should the say, voice, of WCW. Yeah. I mean, he'd been doing it since uh, since he came back, you know, in ninety, right? And he he was great. He worked well with Bobby Heenan. I don't know why people think he didn't. He really did. If you listen no. to him and Heenan, they're good with Dusty. And I think that's been refuted. They they didn't really have a problem with each other. No, that just wasn't, very briefly. There was a, there like, was a disconnect when Bobby left or something. Yeah, like something but it wasn't happened. it wasn't like they hated each other the whole time. No, they worked o- well. It was overblown. He worked well with Jesse Ventura. He yeah. worked well with Dusty. I've gone back and heard those Jesse. He he's very compatible with Jesse. Absolutely, like it's, it's perfectly. It sounds normal. And they were good in WWF together too yeah. in '89 and '90. Yeah. And he was also, you know, as much as I don't like him as a commentator, he was good with Larry Zbysko. Yeah. He dragged Larry Zbysko's ass up, you know, yeah. New World Owner and all that crap. Yeah. And so, he, over uh, not not overrated, but uh, you know, I'm just very glad that um that I realized after all these years, yeah, hey, this guy was really good. I'm glad you did too, and I. I just there's there's a lot to say about Shivani besides what we're talking about. But yeah. I just I, I love how he legitimized it. Yep. I lo- I thought it, if you were talking about compatibility, I thought he was very compatible with Mike Tanay. He was. I, you know my reservations on Tanay, but that's Tanay as a soul as the lead guy. Yeah, I don't but like. Tanay was very knowledgeable. As a when third he came man, in. he was awesome. Yeah, as a he, lead guy in TNA, fuck that guy. But. Yeah, he I mean he just 
you know what? Some guys try their... It's only natural for him to try his hand at the next roll-up. Of course, and, of course. And he did... He had a little bit of a following tonight. Yeah, I know people liked him. I didn't like him. He he got... He was better when he had Taz. Taz made Michael Cole better, right. for crying out loud. Exactly, but that's when that's when I felt like, okay, I, I like Tanay now as a, as a lead. Right, right. Like, I was like, okay, yeah. Okay, so bottom line is, um, back then, didn't like him, now I do. Right. He could call a match. Right. He, he could really he, call he a match. He could call a match. I, I wish, I, I, always, I wish WCW still existed. I really do. Um, yeah. For all its, for all the rivalry and everything, <laughs> but I, I, I think Tony Schiavone should would still be doing it and i'm i i wish that that could be you know what and i wish we could keep doing this yeah me too but we're out of time (laughs) folks so i just want to thank you for listening to us on yet another monday i hope you have a really good day at work or i hope you did or i hope whatever you're doing you're having fun so keep listening to us you can obviously subscribe on itunes right quinn or google play or Or stitcher Stitcher, yeah and player.fm apparently or something like that we don't really know we don't know what that is yeah (laughs) so you can tweet at us at ovp podcast email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is ovp podcast at gmail.com have a good rest of november we're just about done december will be here right quinn would you say it was a november to remember it was definitely a November <laughs> it was to remember. definitely a November to remember. Uh, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on listening and let you know if there's anything you want us to talk about. We'd be happy to talk about it. Anything else, Quinn? That's all I got. All right, that's all I got. See you, folks. See you next week. Hollywood Hogan walks away, and you look at us, 40,000 plus on hand. If you're even thinking about changing the channel to our competition, fans do not. Because we understand that Mick Foley, who wrestled here one time as as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. Going to put some butts in the seat. Have you and Mick Foley talked about the time you told Tony Schiavone to broadcast live on air, don't tune in to WWE because mankind is going to win the championship? <laughs> what a jackass I was! Right? <laughs> the question was if we ever talked about it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we have. I know it's an important thing to him, and he took it really, really personally. He really did. He loves you know yeah. sticking it up my rear end at every opportunity, and I guess he has a right and probably should. But I don't know. It just didn't seem like that big a deal. I mean, hell, I gave away the results on on Nitro two minutes before the sh- your show went on the air. Will you, Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.